Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline, he's with us each and every week talking Red Sox baseball. Hell yeah! <laughs> uh, Big Will Fleming's going to be looking in them doorways because they build them for them small cowpokes down there in Texas where them Red Sox are going to take on the Rangers. Have you ever been pulled over by a Texas Ranger, Will Fleming? <laughs> How y'all doing today? <laughs> uh, I've not been pulled over by a Texas Ranger. My wife is from Texas, so I, I'm very familiar with uh, the Lone Star State. And... Uh, very happy to be here. It's warm. I regret last night I had a cigar on the patio here at the hotel. And uh, we've all been there where you wake up the next morning and you're like, I will never do that again. I, I, I feel like I, I'm going to never. I almost have one on my ride to work in the morning here. What Good happened? Grief. What was it, what was it packed them. with? What do you mean? Wow, yeah. What were you doing there, Will? <laughs> you know, just uh, living the life on an off night. But uh, it's. I'm trying to be Jack Buck tonight, but it, it, I feel like I'll never lose the taste of a cigar well we turn to you though for some positive uh spin positive yeah. takes on the boston red sox they split the series with atlanta they scored uh nine runs in the in the win uh back to only three in the, in the loss 11 and 20 and looking up at the baltimore orioles which i think is the most alarming thing of all but give me something something positive going into this series with texas um, the offense is starting to get it going, and that is a positive. I mean, I really think it's critical that somebody like Trevor Story starts to get hot. Um, I, I'm, I feel confident that Verdugo will hit. Uh, there were some glimmers of hope for Kike Hernandez, and I've told you guys that those three, to me, are far more important in a lot of ways than focusing on what the seven, eight, nine hitters have done. And we know what they've done, and, and the numbers are not good there. But if you get six guys who are swinging it, because we can feel confident that Devers and Bogarts and J.D. are going to, um, which, by the way, is just unbelievable on an off day. You know, a lot of guys are kind of enjoying themselves and, and having a nice time. Uh, I walked by J.D. sitting by the pool on the phone with his hitting guru reviewing video. I mean, this guy never, ever stops. So um, I think it's really important that story continues to hit. And I, I think being out here on the road um, in his home state, you know, he'll have a lot of people here supporting him tonight in Texas. I think he's going to really get going. I thought that was so encouraging what he did. Um, and so, you know, the starting pitching continues to be really good. The offense, I think, is turning a corner. Um, and then we just hope that the big old stinky elephant in the room can kind of quiet down for a little bit because the, you know, the losses late in games are getting very tiring and uh, they need to stop happening if this thing's going to turn around. Will, how's this team holding up kind of emotionally, spiritually, things like that? Is this a group that's kind of hanging their head or do they feel like, as you mentioned, that they are maybe turning the corner a little bit? I think option two. I mean, I, look, in the moment after these losses, they're, they're human. It's impossible to not feel like it's Groundhog's Day where, okay, we've got a lead late or we're tied late, and here we go. We just got walked off on. I can't believe, by the way, that it's 31 games, six times they've been walked off on, and it's just not been pleasant. But, it, but overall, in terms of your, your question of the spirit of the team, they're great. And, you know, the whole group, I, I was wondering what it would be like after the off day to go down to Atlanta. The whole group is, you know, wearing identical track suits and the Rafi Devers giveaway Carita hat. Uh, and they're laughing about it and having a great time on the way down to Georgia. So I think they are all, first of all, it's a veteran group. Uh, and that's important because they've got a lot of guys who've been through a lot of wars. And they're not going to let a month ruin what still has a chance to be a really good season. 
Um, and Alex Gore sets the right tone with that, too. You know, morning does not help you in baseball, uh, and this team has the right mentality and attitude about that. Guys have worked. Guys have stayed positive. Um, and it's just, again, a matter of continuing to put themselves in those positions to lock down some of these wins, um, and I think things can look and feel a lot different. Now, they finally got a win in a game in which Garrett Whitlock started, uh, and he looked human for the first time all season, but they were 0-3 prior to that when he started and either went 3-4-5 and put him in a chance to win, but then the bullpen would, would lose it for him. I know he's had multiple roles on this team, but but really shouldn't he just be the closer? And even if it's more of a hey, we're going to be a little bit more creative. He might pitch the eighth. He might pitch the seventh. But just as the closer, as the guy that you know can protect and, and close off games when you're going to win. Well, I've said that a lot of times. I mean, look, they get paid a lot of money to make these decisions, and they're trying to figure out what the best use of him is. And um, they've decided that for now, given the fact that Rich Hill was out and Michael Waka is hurt and Tanner Houck, by the way, it, a lot of this stuff stems from Tanner Houck not starting in Toronto. And that's when they slotted Garrett into the rotation. And because they don't want to flip-flop him too many times, which I appreciate, I mean, we don't want to Daniel Bard this guy, um, it's, it's important to keep him in one role for a long period of time. And so that's why he's continued to start, and we'll do that for a little while here now. Um, but yes, I think that, first of all, if he had been in that late-inning, high-leverage role, if, even if it's a couple times a week, getting you nine outs, um, this team might even be over 500, which sounds impossible, but I really believe it. I mean, if you take the 10 blown saves and you convert seven of them, the record completely flips over. And who w- doesn't believe that if Garrett Whitlock had the ball in those spots, they would have converted seven of those. Um, I, 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 I understand the temptation to start him long term. Um, and with the roster the way it is right now, again, there's logic behind doing it. But, but I think in today's baseball and with this roster the way that it is, the fact that you don't have another bona fide closer, um, you just don't. Um, you can wish for Barnes to do it or anybody else at the beginning of the season, but this team has not had one. And so, yes, I think he would be and will be more valuable to this team when you do have a lead because it's important to have a good start and every five days say he's going to keep us in a game. But to me, it's more important on two or three days a week when you have scored, when you've gotten leads, to lock them down. Is this a decision that is 100% Alex Cora's on how to use Whitlock, or is he getting a directive from Hein Bloom, or is it what kind of conversation do you think is happening there? I, I can't, I don't think, answer that uh, with definitive certainty um, because I, I haven't asked that question. But my sense of it with all of these things, all of these decisions, uh, it's collaborative. I mean, I think the front off this one, you know, I think it's Alex makes every decision on this team. It's not like a lot of these teams where, you know, the lineup gets sent down um, and he's told what to do and how to use everybody. But with Garrett, I think it's probably collaborative where they're just trying to figure out as an organization, okay, he threw 72 innings last year. We're going to give him a significant uptick off of that this season. But what does that look like? And I think that's a conversation with the medical staff, too. You know, is it going to be 150 innings? Is it going to be 170 innings? Uh, that's a huge leap. Um, and I think then they kind of work backward from that. Um, and, and then in the moment, you know, once the, the Hauk situation developed, um, then they had to pick someone to take that spot. And Garrett was pitching so well that they made the decision that he would be the right guy to fill that role. And I, I, I do think that that will continue to be an ongoing dialogue between the manager uh, and the front office. 
Will Fleming, part of the uh, Red Sox Network. It is Will and Flash Gordon this weekend down in Texas. Of course, you'll be able to hear all these uh, Red Sox games this weekend and on the Odyssey app right here on WEEI. Will, I think kind of the deflating part of the Whitlock conversation is that it isn't rooted in what is best for him. It kind of feels like with Whitlock, it's, well, we got all these other guys that are struggling well, we can just kind of turn to Whitlock, and he'll sort of plug the hole a little bit. I think for I think for me, that's kind of the deflating part of it, that it isn't, here's what this guy's going to be, let's put him in this role and leave it alone. It's almost like he's the guy out there, you know, trying to, he, he's uh, he's Phil Swift, he's Flex Seal, he's patching everything up. I'm not sure that's totally true. Like, I think they made the decision totally based on they thought he would be great as a starter and that he would thrive in this role and that they needed him to do that. I also think when they got him in the Rule 5 draft, um, they did it because they want him to be a starter eventually. And, I mean, we could debate whether or not the time is right now to do that, given the short spring training and the fact that he wasn't built up to do it. Uh, and I, I totally understand what you're saying with it feels like it kind of happened quickly um, and they, they made it happen because of necessity for the team. But, I mean, that, that's, the Red Sox are not the only team in the history of the world to do that. If your team has a need and you've got somebody you think you could do it, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think that's necessarily you know, imperiling his chances for development. They thought it would help their team the most if he started, so, so that's why they did it. Well, I know you don't love the Xander Bogarts trade talks. I am curious, when do you think, <laughs> uh, when do you think is a fair time to sort of assess what a, uh, what a team is based on, like, are, are they a contender? Are they completely out of it? Because obviously they're in last place now, 31 yep. games in. What's, what's a good sample for you to be like, all right, barring an unbelievable couple of months and an historic winning streak, when do you say, all right, this team may not have it? Yeah, I mean, I think another month and a half or so, you know, 70, 70 80 games played, and then you have a real picture of what this looks like. Um, if you look at the schedule over the next few weeks, it is much easier than it has been. I mean, the Red Sox have been in this gauntlet with Blue Jays and Yankees and Rays and Blue Jays, and then a team that's really good in the L.A. Angels and the defending world champions, the Braves. And that's not an excuse. It's just the truth. Uh, and the Red Sox have not done themselves favors. They lost a series to the Baltimore Orioles. So it's not like it's all about the schedule. But they've played very, very difficult opponents. And it gets easier if you look at it, starting with the Rangers tonight. Uh, you got teams – I mean, the Mariners are a good team, but they're not the Angels, they're not the Yankees – uh, and really, over about the next 40 games, the toughest competition is the Astros and the Mariners, and the rest of it you should be able to handle. So I think in about 40 games, once you get through this pocket where you do have some opportunities, if you can get back near 500, uh, then you're in business with, the, with all the wild cards and the opportunities to get into the postseason other ways. Um, and it would be nice if the Yankees ever decided it was okay right. to lose a game. I mean, it, that, that's just been a ridiculous part of this narrative. Um, but, no, I, I hate the Xander trade talks, but I totally understand it. I mean, it's crazy how the national media have sort of glommed onto this thing. And every day you turn on the television, a new insider basically has Xander traded to the Cardinals yesterday, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, I understand the nature of the beast. The Cardinals option, they're shortstop down. Uh, they've got cap space. They've got money. And who wouldn't love Xander Bogarts? But uh, the idea that the, the Red Sox are entertaining that right now is absolutely ludicrous. Um, you know, you, I, we had Brian O'Halloran on our air earlier this morning. I know that. Um, I spoke with him in Atlanta. 
and that is not on the table, not even close right now. Will Fleming, of course, has the call all weekend with Flash Gordon down in Texas. It'll be the Red Sox taking on the Texas Rangers all weekend long. Will, thank you, friend. We appreciate it. Travel safe. Get some good brisket and mouthwash, and there you go. You're good to go, babe. Oh, my exes live in Texas. Yeah, I will. And uh, I do need some mouthwash in the worst possible way. I'll start with coffee, and we'll get it going. <laughs> there Thanks, you guys. go. Thank you, Will. We appreciate thank you. Will. you.